0: I would like to start the show by acknowledging that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, song, and we're privileged to honour this history of storytelling here today at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging. We're coming to you from Redfern right now. This is the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. My name is Tanya Ali, and it has been a bit of a week in pop culture, hasn't it? Later on in the show, we're going to be chatting with Sydney DJ Carolina Gasolina, aka Carolina de la Piedra, about a certain chart-topping pop star who's been under fire for some alleged pretty hectic racist comments. But first, I'm joined over the phone by Race Matters host, Sarah Khan, to talk about another pop star who, to be honest, seems to have lost the plot completely, Uh Lana Del Rey, who went off in a series of pretty unhinged rants on Instagram a couple of days ago that feel like, to me at least, one of the most overt displays of white privilege and fragility I've seen in a while. Sara, were you a Lana Del Rey fan before all of this? I wasn't
1: like a... Die Hard, Donna Del Rey. And I only knew of her songs that had hit the mainstream. Like, I didn't really know any of her other songs. Like, I knew Summertime Sadness and um, the one from Great Gatsby. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't really know too much about her or her politics or the type of music that she shares. So when all of this came up, I actually felt like she had every right to be upset about her critics, you know, what she's been criticized for in terms of her music, like, it's her creative outlet. Like, obviously, like, we should be more, you know, thoughtful about the things that we release in terms of our stories and what they can mean and how they can be interpreted. But I never thought any, like, that's her story. That's the position she wants to take. It's her creative outlet. Who am I to question her, um, you know, her process for mm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, so all I had to think was, who asked you, Lana? Mm. Did someone ask for your colleague? Like,
0: did anybody ask? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for context, if you haven't seen the post, basically on, I think it was Thursday, she posted this rant that started off with question for the culture. Now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Camilla, Cardi B, Kalani and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, cheating, etc. uh, Can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even if the relationship is not perfect or dancing for money or whatever I want without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse, which like... But there was no actual context for the post. It's not like she's responding to a recent specific criticism or anything. It's just this, like, really bizarre thing. And, like, the rant goes on for ages and she's kind of talking about she says that she's not not a feminist, uh, but there has to be a place in feminism for women who look and act like me. Which, like, Lana, do you hear what you are saying? <laughs>
1: like what There's the so hell? many things like it kind of just spiraled over the weekend because of the very fair backlash. She was copying from what she was saying and all of the strong white woman crying racist undertones that were just like seething throughout the post. Mm. And I think it's really, I'm glad that this has come forth. I love it when um, whiteness rears its head like this because I'm like, cool, let's give it, let's, let's take it down. Let's run it down. Let's call it out for what it is because I'd rather it be out in the open than it hiding somewhere, especially when, it, you know, she's creating this kind of music. And I also want to go into a little bit later as well. She makes reference to proceeds and money that she makes going to Native American charities. So I was like, okay, this is a, there, there is so many problematic things that are ca- kind of carrying on right now in terms of where you situate yourself in terms of feminism, who you think you represent as well is a problem, and how you view strong women. Mm. It's, it's all there's all many, there's so many things that came out about it, which I am loving actually. As a commentator, as a broadcaster, <laughs> as a woman of color, I love it because I'm like, let's get into it, let's unpack it for what it is. I love it when whiteness comes up because this is where we get the opportunity to unpack it and confront it and call it out for what it is. You know, you'd rather it be out in the open than it's sitting somewhere real quietly, like Lana Del Rey has been doing. So I'm glad that she's come forth with her white womanhood even though she doesn't
0: recognize with it yeah so like in a follow-up post she said the words which I feel like she's just been digging herself deeper and deeper like she probably could have just apologized after the first one and been like that's not what I meant it was stupid to call out all of these women of color for literally no reason uh and it could have maybe faded away. But then, yeah, she made this follow-up post about, in inverted commas, her controversial post, which she doesn't see as controversial. And in it, she said, in truth, making it about race says so much more about you than it does about me, which, like, I'm sure you've heard that said to you before, Sarah. I definitely have. Yeah. Like, it's, like, yeah. literal yeah. gaslighting.
1: Oh, yeah. To a To a To a capital G. <laughs> Um <laughs> Yeah, like, Even taking out the fact that she called out mainly black women and women of colour, it still doesn't make sense what she's mad at. Mm. That's what I'm still not really understanding because then she also takes a dig at feminism and how feminism is being constructed. But then she says that, um, you know, it's been alternative thing and other female writers and strong women that have been digging at her But then she goes on to say that it's like, you know, men that hate women that are coming for her. And I'm like, why? Where? What? I still don't quite get what you want right now, Lana Del Rey. Like, I don't quite get it. Do you know what you want? I just, all I'm reading right now is a whole lot of bitterness because you're not at number one, Mm. you know? And because of the fact that all of these other women and black women have honestly faced far worse criticism, merciless criticism than you. And in spite of all that, are more successful than you. And that's probably what you're truly mad at right now. There is nothing more telling than when a white woman can't handle a black woman overtaking her. It happens so, like, you know... Bloody, what's her name? Maria Sharapova did it to um, Serena Williams in yeah. one of her memoirs. She, like, painted Serena Williams as this really aggressive black woman when she's just the best in the game, both parts of the game. And, like... that's all I could kind of get really from what Lana Dora was saying so much was being called out on that of course she's going to double down on the fact that she's not doing that she's going to gaslight the whole situation because she can't see it within herself and that is the true problem here is when you have a refusal to confront your whiteness and when they have that refusal when they're in that refusal state the whiteness just pours out even more like in so many other toxic ways which I love because I'm like You're just digging your own
0: grave right now and you're really proving the point, the initial point. Oh, yeah. Big time, big time. Super bizarre. But, yeah, you're right. And it's opening up the space to have these conversations which are important and are sometimes kind of sidelined because, I don't know, there's a brand of white feminism which just kind of ignores women of colour and then there's this weird, like, sideways, like, jabbing at us. Um, And I feel like... Yeah, Lana Del Rey has opened up a bit of a Pandora's box, but it's worth it because I, I also feel like there are a lot of people that I w- wouldn't think would necessarily defend something like this that are coming out of the woodwork and are like saying that you know maybe she shouldn't be throwing other women of color under the bus, but she has a point and like. I think, yes, potentially there is a point that she is trying to make, but, like, she's gone about it in the absolute wrong way. And I also don't even know if there's so much of a point there, like... I get that she doesn't like criticism. Literally every pop star gets criticism and she is incredibly mm. successful. Like, yeah. I, you know, does she has a Grammy award. Um, oh, I don't know if she has one, but she's definitely been nominated for a bunch yeah. of Grammys and her last record was her most successful to date. So I'm like, what are you angry about?
1: Exactly, exactly. And like she hasn't, She actually has not faced the same level of criticism as what Beyonce has faced or what Cardi B has faced or what Nicki Minaj has faced, you know? And these are all women that are holding number one positions, And especially like Beyonce, like Beyonce and a, a massive amount of flack for the Lemonade album because critics could not understand the story that she was telling as a black woman and the, the trauma you inherit from a black woman because your black um, elders and ancestors have had to survive and you have watched that and you have watched that survival and so the decision she makes throughout the album of like forgiving her man and letting him back in and she got ran down for that, mm. for that album and for that messaging and it was like, but that was just her story and her story is coming from a very deep place of um intergenerational trauma as well and survival as black women in America and also it was the first album that she did where she was really embracing her blackness and making her blackness the starting point for the narrative. And she caught so much black for that people like people could not get it. It was like people were reminded that Beyonce was black. And Totally <laughs> So so like so when Lana del Rey references Beyonce in that I was like you, you how dare you that's a that's hate speech. Do not ever mention Beyonce's name if
0: you cannot back it up. Absolutely agree. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Love your hot takes always. And we will chat to you real soon. Up next, we're going to be talking to Carolina Della Piedra about another uh, weird misstep from a uh, pop star. But this time it is a woman of colour. More on that soon. Race Matters and FBI 94.5.
1: No smoke with me. Then okay. turn this motherfucker up 800 degrees. Whole team eat, chefs cause she's a treat. Oh, well, she's so bougie, bougie, i appetit, never tease. I'm a savage, had a nasty. Talk big shit, but my bank account match it. Hood, but I'm classy. Rich, but I'm ratchet. Haters kept my name in their mouth, not a gag. It. I
0: bougie. You're on Race Matters, and right now we are joined over the phone by Carolina Gasolina, a.k.a. Carolina Della Piedra, to chat about uh, some pretty weird stuff that is happening with another pop star. Carolina, how are you going? To be honest, I'm shook. I'm shook. (laughs) I know, you are shook. Now, I actually didn't know anything about this until we spoke this morning. So could you tell us uh, what is going on with Doja Cat?
2: Okay, so in a nutshell, um, there's some footage that has surfaced and been doing the rounds on the internet of Doja participating in these chat rooms that are for members of the alt-right incel community. So, like, if anyone doesn't know what an incel is, it's like an involuntary celibate, Um, and it's a subculture of white supremacists. So she's in these chat rooms talking to these guys, And basically there's some footage of her and it's like really flirty and she's like being quite sexual. And there's like maybe even like, yeah, like her encouraging them to say the N-word with the R and her saying the N-word with the R at the end. And it's just like, it's really weird and troubling to see. It just, it made me nauseous to be honest. Mm. And then there's also been a song, an unreleased song of hers that she um, reportedly like did in 2015. That is called didn't do nothing. And didn't do nothing is a racial slur used by alt-right members against blacks who claim to be innocent after being victims of police brutality. Oh God. And apparently that, some people have made links of that song didn't do nothing to the Sandra Bland murder um that was in 2015 as well so that was like a really um mysterious uh like a mysterious murder of Sandra Bland she died in police custody and yeah there was just like all these weird um things that happened and she di- yeah she died and the family never got answers as to how she died they said it was suicide but autopsy showed something different mm-hmm. So yeah, there was links from the tracks to that, even though she doesn't directly mention Sandra Bland's name, but that's what's been going on around the internet. So the internet, because it's so unforgiving, has like, you know, there was a Doja Cat is over, hashtag trending yesterday and she's recently released an apology today. And Let me read it out
0: to you. All right. Yeah, let's go. Because, yeah, I feel like when I was kind of reading uh, a little bit about all of these things that were coming out, I feel like the Internet is often really, really quick to cancel people, I suppose. And we've talked about cancel culture here on Race Matters before. Uh, And it can sometimes be like... Really unhelpful, Um, but it's always interesting to hear how uh, artists and celebrities respond to that happening. So, yeah, go off. Let's hear from Doja Cat.
2: Okay, so she says, I want to address what's been happening on Twitter. I've used public chat rooms to socialise since I was a child. I shouldn't have been on some of those chat room sites, but I personally have never been involved in any racist conversations. I'm sorry to everyone that I offended. I'm a black woman. Half of my family is black from South Africa, and I'm very proud of where I come from. As for the old song that's resurfaced, it was in no way tied to anything outside of my own personal experience. It was written in response to people who often use that term to hurt me. I made an attempt to flip its meaning, but recognised that it was a bad decision to use the term in my music. I understand my influence and impact, and I'm taking this all very seriously. I love you all, and I'm sorry for upsetting or hurting any of you. That's not my character, and I'm determined to show that, to show you that, show everybody that I'm moving forward. Thank you.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds pretty sincere. It does. And,
2: like, I don't know, in a way, I just, I can't imagine how embarrassed she is, for one. Absolutely. Even though, like, this stuff is so crazy, and I just feel like there's so many layers to it that we will never know and we shouldn't
0: know i don't know i don't know i'm confused know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i are, are you a big doja cat fan i am mm. it's it's I, really tough and you know she's she's a young woman as well like and there has to be space for people to make mistakes especially when you know the internet does make everything public in a way or you know like there's if you're growing, and not to say that she did all of this ages ago or whatever, but you, she's still kind of growing up um, and, yeah. like, it's definitely complex.
2: Yeah. I read like this, yeah, it's super complex and like, uh, I, yeah, maybe she's just, because she was like a known troll. She loves to troll. She was like a troll before she became an artist. Like, she has a whole song that she got us all singing about a cow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's that kind of person. So, I don't know. Could it be her trolling? But it just, the it, the footage is just so bizarre as well. It's just, I don't know. I'm kind of concerned about the place that she's in mentally, if that's where she's going for comfort or for entertainment. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it opens up a whole bunch of different questions about, yeah, how she is actually doing. And especially in this really weird and hard time where I feel like everyone's mental health is kind of like, you know, compromised in a way.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, we're living through a really weird time. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, re- it's weird to live through this.
0: It really I, is.
2: I also feel like it's so much easier for women to be cancelled, whereas men don't get that type of cancellation. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. People aren't so quick to jump on a man's back, but then as soon as someone, like a woman, does something, like, wrong, it's Jojo Caddy's cancelled party. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it happened so unbelievably quick as well. And, like... Yeah, it felt like people – and I think people have been for a while looking for a reason to uh, – I guess she's doing really, really well right now yeah. and to, like, somehow discredit that, um, yeah. which often happens with women and especially women of colour who, you know, rise up seemingly out of nowhere, although she's been doing a lot of hard work to get where she is, of course. Um, yeah. So, yeah, not not ideal. So – in your eyes, do you feel like she's cancelled or is it more complex than that?
2: I think it's way more complex than that because I think, yeah, like I'm, yeah, I think it's way more complex than that. I don't know. It just seems so bizarre. This whole situation is really weird.
0: It is truly weird. What about you?
2: Do you think she's cancelled? Is she cancelled?
0: No, I don't, uh, like, <laughs> I don't think that cancel culture. And yeah, we, we did a whole show on it um a couple of months ago. I feel like it's not a great culture. Uh, it's not very helpful. Um, I was definitely shocked to hear about this stuff. Um, and I do hope she's doing okay, but, and like, and I don't think that it should be excused either, but there has to be a middle ground where we can kind of just like talk about it and and allow her to speak back on it. And, yeah, I do think from the apology that you read out, it sounds like she is sincere and genuinely, like, working through some stuff. Um, and I feel like we have to allow her the space to do that. I don't know if I'm going to be like bumping say so. Unfortunately, I literally just learnt the dance on the weekend uh, and it feels yeah, like a bit of a not a great time to do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's really hard. This stuff is tough. Um, Carolina, we're coming towards the end of the show, so I wanted to pivot a tiny bit uh, and just chat about how you're doing, how are you practising? self-care and isolation um, to be honest
2: I have really started cooking again cooking is something that I never used to really do that often nothing I don't really enjoy it that much but I find like a really good like satisfaction in cooking myself like a nutritious meal and that has been making me feel better um also just like reading like I feel like I hadn't read a full book in so long because of social media, but now I've got, like, taking the time out to read, and that's also been really good for me because I feel like I'm accomplishing something.
0: Yeah, and reading is so great because it it's, like, an entertainment, but you also feel quite smug about it.
2: Yeah, and, like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm like a little bookworm now, you know? <laughs> But yeah, and yeah, I guess just like little things like that. I I definitely find cooking therapeutic, cooking for yourself therapeutic.
0: Absolutely. Love that. Uh, While we do have you, we ask this question to every single person who comes on as a guest of the show. And you've actually been on before in like a podcast special where we talked about women in hip hop, which was fun. But this is the first time that you're on live. Carolina, when did you realize that your race made you powerful?
2: Oh, you know what? To be honest, only in the last few years, I realized that my race made me powerful because instead of feeling othered, I realized that my difference is powerful. Like the fact that I'm different is powerful. And um, yeah, so probably I reckon in the last two to three years. And it wasn't like a pivoting point. It's something that I'm still realizing and like noticing to this day um and you know like you go into meetings sometimes or whatever and you might be the only colored person in the room and that can be really daunting but then there's been times where I've like realized the power of that um yeah
0: So good. Thank you so much for such an honest and vulnerable answer. And thank you for coming on the show and unpacking uh, everything that's going on with Doja Cat. You can follow Carolina on Instagram at Carolina underscore Gasolina. Uh, And that does bring us to the end of Race Matters for another week. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or over at fbiradio.com forward slash race matters race matters race matters race
1: matters race matters race
0: matters
1: race race matters race matters